I guess a big part of the story they've been telling in the market and which the ratings agencies might have been looking at very closely is that strategy of debt reduction and uh, what they're calling mm. a very conservative management of capital. Yeah, so, I mean, they've had, like, you know, disposals of Omongo Petroleum, mm. um, you know, and, you know, they've also just been looking at, you know, other strategies, like, as you know, wanting to grow strong demand in the SADC region. Um, and they're really just focused, right, on what's important to them, and that's basically, you know, the mining of explosives, mm. as well as, you know, the nitrogen-based fertilizers. Um, but, yeah, I think that, you know, the, the successful disposal of, you know, divisions and units such as Omongo Petroleum definitely bodes well for them when it comes to the market. And then let's shift our attention to Sasol. Now, of course, these guys at some stage were a sort of South African infant industry and SOC. Uh, they've had their own issues in the last while. They went out to Lake uh, Charles, came back with their tail between their legs. Um, tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> But I guess, you know, they've also benefited from much better than expected uh, commodity prices as well. I mean, if you look at their fuel division, if you look at the fact that that earnings before interest and tax number increasing by more than 100 percent. Uh, and all it's of this happening more than 200 percent. Right. But on the back of even lower yeah. volumes. So so it, it seems mm. all of that increase really, I guess, contained in that what has happened to the prices of what they sell. Mm. Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know. If, if you plot the, the, the price of the Sassel share price, you know, along with the price of, you know, oil, whether it's Brent or the West Texas, West Texas um, index, you'll see that, you know, the price of, you know, the share tracks, you know, the price of oil quite, um, you know, t- closely. However, I think it's important for us to also, you know, give credit where credit is due. You know, um, the management came in 2020 sitting on a 91 billion um, rand loss. Um, and, you know, so many, like, delays and cost overruns in the late Charles, you know, project. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, you know, a lot of people, you know, disappointed. Obviously, we know that, you know, with COVID, everything was shut down, um, massively impacting demand. But I think that there were, like, some major operational issues happening even before COVID. Um, so, first of all, you know, it's just important to to, to, to really um, give credit to, to the team on executing so well. Um, but, yeah, I think that, you know, they've really come out strongly. Like you've already um, mentioned, earnings before interest in tax up by more than 200%, EBITDA up by 48%, core um, headline earnings uh, per share um, up by 147%. And I think that, you know, what the market will really be cheering is that they declared a dividend for the first time, I think, since 2019 of 14 rand um, 70, you know, per share. Um, and there's really just been so much success in terms of, you know, what they set out to do and how they've actually executed net debt is down to about $3.8 billion. Um, and, yeah, fuels business, you know, doing very well, you know, owing, you know, to the fuel price. Um, but I do think, like I said, you know, the, the, the credit needs to be given to the management team as well, you know, um, owing to how they've navigated these very choppy waters over mm. the, you know, the past two years. I mean, if you remember... Um, and I say this with a bit of a tongue-in-cheek, you know, in 2020, you know, everyone was like, you know, you need to get in on Sasol, you need to get in on Sasol, you know, um, the share price was, I think at that stage, it was even like at 50 rand, and mm, everyone was like, mm. get in, get in. Um, but then, you know, there was also just the threat of the rights issue and how, you know, management is actually able to avoid that, which really would not have been positive. So, yeah, I mean, high price, high oil price, 
playing into the hands of the business, which are management doing super well as well. Yeah, I think many of those who stuck it out would have certainly will certainly be very happy with that. Uh, 14 rand and 70 cents uh, a final dividend that's come through there. But talk to me about some mm-hmm. of the divisions, I mean, that have really driven this. Um, and let's just take mm. just briefly a look at that fuels business. I mean, yeah. to see that kind of turnover increase from around yo, 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 60 billion, no, what's that number? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 60 um, billion to around 102 billion. And I come back to the issue of the prices. I mean, it's not like these guys you know, get a lot of their stuff out from Saudi Arabia or, or somewhere. Similarly, in the gas mm-hmm. business, I mean, some of that comes from Mozambique and even the fuel comes from, you know, Secunda. Um, and it doesn't mean their cost base has increased considerably as well. So it's certainly, I guess, a bumper moment. If you were the management team there, Khrobla, um, uh, Fleetwood Khrobla, yeah, yeah, I nearly forgot his name there. If you were Fleetwood Khrobla and his management team, what would you do with all of the cash reserves that are implied by this particular outcome? Yeah, I thought since, I mean, Ayabanga, we, we living in very unprecedented times, right? I mean, you know, if you lived a couple of years back and you lived through world wars and, and all of that, you probably would have said the exact same thing. But in my lifetime, there's quite a lot happening, you know, all at once. Mm. Um, and if there's one thing we know, you know, if you follow the oil price, things can change just like yesterday. You know, one decision, you know, from, you know, for example, the Chinese government to say that we're not going to import oil anymore, um, or even, you know, um, uh, Saudi Arabia, for example, coming out um, today saying they are considering, you know, cutting output because of the sharp decline sure. um, that they've witnessed. Um, so, I mean, when it comes to, you know, the oil price, which is what, you know, Sussel's business is highly leveraged to, it's, it's, it's quite uncertain. Hence, they have all these very complicated hedging structures that I won't venture to even, you know, touch on. But I do think that from my perspective, it's important. Um, you know, I think that, you know, declaring that dividend was important. Um, I think that, you know, they have very, very good, like, capital adequacy targets as well as, you know, standards in place and management is working very hard to, to, to maintain on those. But I do think that it's important to just focus on the business right now mm. um, and just see out the remainder of the year. I mean, there's quite a number of, of things at play at the moment, you know, when it comes to the global stage. Um, you know, we have slowing global output. Um, we have inflation that's, you know, really, um, really tough to kick. Um, and it's forcing quite a lot of, like, central banks around, you know, the world um, to, you know, um, you know, take very, like, you know, hawkish stance. And, you know, we also then have, you know, um, your OPEC and, you know, you never know, you know, what the outcome is going to be from there, you know, um, from their meeting. So I do think it's important to, you know, just go to the business, stabilize things, and then take it forward from there. And then just, I guess, as we wrap up uh, on that particular story of uh, Sassol, you know, when things turn around in that kind of way, uh, many, I think, would say they, they also were straddled with a lot of debt when that share price wasn't performing. Uh, they probably might be thinking, I guess, of paying down some debt and maybe buying back some of those shares, something Something that nobody would have thought of when they were talking about a rights issue, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it was very... Um, there was a lot of negativity in the market, right? Mm. Um, which, you know, in my view, even back then, I really felt it was unwarranted. You know, Sassel is a really, really strong business. Um, I know that, you know, um, what happened in Lake Charles, you know, how that was, you know, mismanaged, um, you know, it really decreased the market's, like, faith, you know, in the management team that they had back then. But in terms of, 
you know, um, the, they, they, they reach globally in terms of, you know, their field business um, and so forth. Um, I really felt even then that it was a strong business and that they would actually be able to to to, to recover. So yes, I do think that things like you know a share buyback, um, mm. you know, would be great and would be like a massive indicator from management that listen, we believe in this business, mm. um, you know, and uh, we actually want to invest in it ourselves because that's effectively what a share buyback indicates. Sure, sure. Um, so I do think that yes, like you said, in terms of sitting, you know, on on, on the current cash and. How it looks as though you know um, they're going to continue churning out quite a lot of free cash flow. Those are things um, to consider. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I often take a, a conservative stance, and I've never run a big oil and gas company. Mm. Um, however, we do know that you know in, in times when you know um, the majors, you know, they perk up. You know, the prices are going well. You know, they do tend to go. Um, to get a bit excited, and I, I do think that you know whatever decision is taken needs to be you know um, quite you know highly considered, which I think management has proven you know they 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 are the that type. Yeah, yeah. Just last as we wrap up, um, quarterly labour force survey numbers coming out. I think a lot of people are making quite a meal of uh, the quarter on quarter increase in employment. Uh, but if I guess one looks under the bonnet of those numbers, uh, probably. Um, some good news, but uh, I must say a lot more bad news. Certainly if you work oh. in domestic work, if you're a gardener, if you are a semi-skilled worker or, or in any other sort of low-wage type occupations, uh, not a lot of job yeah. growth happening in that part of the world. Yeah, um, and I think that, you know, um, if you have studied like just the labor market in South Africa, you'll realize that for the longest of time, the only sector that's actually been growing, you know, consistently is, you know, the financial sector. Um, now, you know, financial sector, it's it's not going to be absorbing, um, you know, the vast majority of people that are currently looking for jobs. Um, and so those kinds of stats, we, you know, we can definitely expect. So like you're saying, um, you know, the headline today, stats essay coming out, you know, with a bit of good news, really. And I'm an optimist, so I'm going to jump on it. <laughs> I'm going to jump on it, even though, you know, um, once we pop open the hood, you do find that um, there's still just so much structure, so mm. much wrong structurally with the country. So unemployment rate, you know, coming in at 33.9% in the second quarter versus 34.5% um, in the first quarter. Um, and, you know, honestly, it's, um, it, it, you know, in a way, there's a bit surprise and concern, the fact that, you know, this is also the quarter in which, you know, we, we had, like, that very annoying bout of load shedding. Mm. Um, I think the worst, you know, we've ever had since yes. load shedding started. And then there was the very tragic, you know, incident of the floods in KZN. Um, KZN being one of the economic hubs of the country. Um, so, I mean, you know, the, the, the fact that there has been an, an, a drop in the unemployment rate, you know, is positive. But, I mean, like you said, let's pop open the hood. Um, it's Women's Month, um, and the story for women, you know, is really not good when it comes to these stats. You know, yeah. 47% um, of women economically inactive, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, out of the labor force, first is 35.6% of men, um, you know, and women unemployment rate sitting at 35.5% um, versus 32.6%. 
um, for men. And like I said, it's Women's Month, and you know these are the things that we have to hop on um, because it's important, right? Um, we need to ask the questions of you know how do we actually um, create a work environment mm. that is inclusive and is able to absorb women in meaningful work, right? Because sure. Women have, you know, they hold an enormous amount of, you know, economic talent, productivity that's just being left unused and um, very tragic. You know, a lot of households in this country dependent on women and, you know, it'd be really great if, you know, um, as, as, as a society, we, we work really hard in terms of saying, like, how do we, you know, how do we, how do we, how do we make this just? You know, how do we make this just? Because the situation just is not just anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. And then you look at youth unemployment, absolutely horrific and, you know, and, 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 um, and scary. You know, you know, a statistic is scary that, you know, you, you, you're not even excited about, you know, it's going in the right direction. Mm. So, I mean, um, youth unemployment, you know, for guys who are 15, uh, between 15 and 24, 63.9% in quarter one, mm. but 61.4% still. You know, in, in, in the second quarter. Yeah. And also that you scary know, stat there about uh, the number of young people who are not in school, not in employment, not in any form mm. of training, uh, which is also quite distressing as well. Mm. Mm. No, it's, it's, it's extremely distressing because, um, you know, a, a country the direction that a country takes is very much dependent on, mm. you know, the, the hopes of its youth. Um, and what are we doing, you know, for, for, for our young yeah, people if, yeah. you know, so many of them are, you know, not actually sure. doing anything Kanya, we're that we have can to play leave. meaningful? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. have to leave it there for tonight. Uh, a real pleasure uh, speaking to you and uh, certainly I hope we can uh, check in with you uh, in the next week or so to uh, talk about the latest out in the markets. Ngoska Kul. Ngoska Kul, it's been wonderful. Cheers. That there's uh, Kanyan Zululeka, co-founder out at uh, Satana Capital, speaking to us tonight for our wrap of the top business stories.